Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of Poor Little Brain. My name is Nat, and I'm your host. Today, I am joined by Stephanie, a college advisor who will share her professional journey as well as answer common questions that she, as an advisor, gets frequently asked. As always, be sure to check the description of this podcast for more information. The Google Doc is now live with all resources discussed in this episode, along with those from previous episodes. Be sure to check the link in the description. And with all of that out of the way, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? So hi guys, my name is Stephanie. I am an academic advisor. I work at Florida International University. Um, a little bit about me, um, my role as an educator has always been something I've been very passionate about. Um, I have my undergraduate in elementary education, so I had aspirations to be a teacher. Um, and then over time, while I was an undergrad, I um had like a change i really started falling in love with the college out- atmosphere i really fell in love with you know being involved on campus and um just having this great community that i just wanted to give back to so i ended up coming back i got my master's degree in higher education administration i finished last may so barely new thank you <laughs> um it's it's been quite the journey um when it comes to my professional you know jobs and what i've been up to um right after undergrad right before grad school i did work at a private school i worked at a k through eight i originally applied to be a teacher but i ended up getting a job in um, administration so i was an administrative assistant. I was right hand to the principal. So that's, I think, another reason why I jumped into the whole administrative realm was because, you know, I was able to get that kind of leadership experience. And I, again, really did fall in love with the fact that, you know, I am an administrator and, you know, I, I know how to run things. So coming back and getting my master's degree was just inevitable. Um, I did work with international students for a good amount of time, about two and a half years. I worked in admissions, so um, I was able to see the enrollment side of the higher education realm and the sectors. And then now I worked with academic advising for about a year. So I absolutely love working in academic advising. Like I said, I do love and have a huge passion for education. And, you know, I really do enjoy watching my students grow, which is really what brought me to where I'm at now. And really what brings me so much joy coming into the office day in and day out. So you mentioned all of these experiences and opportunities that you got and that you partook in that really helped shape, you know, your thoughts of, okay, I want to, you know, switch from being a teacher more to being an advisor. How did you find those resources and those opportunities? And what do you recommend to those that are maybe looking for opportunities like that, where it's kind of, okay, like this opportunity will either assure me that this is what I want to do or it'll maybe stream me away. So how do you find those opportunities and, and how do you recommend students to go into those opportunities? Because maybe someone finds something that they're not very fond of and they go, you know, oh, I don't really want to do this, but then they end up not it. So how would you um, speak on that? Sure. So um, we can backtrack a little bit. When I was getting out of high school, I definitely didn't know what I wanted to do. I was all over the place because I thought for a moment I wanted to be a vet. The next second I thought I want to be a teacher. Then last second I thought I want to be a lawyer. I was all over the place. I didn't even know I was going to go to college. Let's just be realistic. Um, 
once I started doing my community service hours, that's when I was like, okay, let me dabble in the different things that I, you know, think I like and see if something sticks. I worked at the zoo, not worked, I volunteered at the zoo um, to do some like community service hours for high school to graduate. And I found out very quickly, probably my first you know, being with animals just was not for me. Um, I was like, mm, this sounds cool and everything, but no, not for me. Um, I probably lasted there for like a week. And at that point, um, I was getting a little frustrated because I mean, it was getting closer to my senior year. And again, I had no idea like what I wanted to do. And I remember my mom was just like, you need to get a job because like you need to get a job. And I'm like, all right, cool. But so I got a job um, in retail and this is just, you know, like most people. And I really did love it. I found like this huge passion for just like being there with my friends and, you know, folding clothes and doing all the stuff. But obviously that's not forever. Right. Um, still on my journey trying to find, you know, these hours to graduate. Um, my mom helps me get a volunteership with a daycare pre-k-esque kind of um institution so i'm working there and at first i was like i don't know like do i like this but then over time i really falling in love with it i loved it so much and then i found my passion i think my biggest advice for people is to definitely get yourself out there to really try if possible to do any sort of internship or shadowing or you know a even if it's, you know, you're unable to go and actually physically be there, um, even doing like a informational interview to a professional is so important, especially if you're considering a certain field, because you really don't know, like, you don't know what you don't know, you know, like, it's better just to ask. Um, you know, sometimes I hear students, they're like, I want to go to medical school because I watch Grey's Anatomy. And yes, you know, I watch Grey's Anatomy too, and I absolutely love it. And I think it's awesome. But I mean, I have no idea what it's really like to be a doctor or to be a lawyer or to be a social worker, you know, like all these professions. So definitely trying to get yourself out there for me. Um, apart from, you know, high school doing these internship and stuff when I was in my undergrad, I did do student teaching. That was a part of my curriculum. Sometimes there's majors that do offer that kind of curriculum. So you're able to already get an internship like right off the bat or for credit, which is nice. Um, but, you know, definitely trying to connect yourself with, you know, various resources on campus. Like if your institution has like a career center, like FIU has career and talent development, you know, they help students connect with different professionals and you know, have those kinds of experiences so that way they don't, you know, graduate and not really know what to expect. So, you know, I got my first job from a career fair. So definitely going out, going to these career fairs, taking advantage because most of the time they're free for students. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's really important that everyone gets, you know, to, to dip their feet in a little bit of everything. And I think that with that is when you can truly find what you're into because like you said you know someone says oh i love Grey's anatomy and maybe that leads them to go into pre-med and then they realize you know they're a few weeks into come one and they need it and but i think that's so known and in a way required for you to just kind of experience and do all those things so that you can really kind of crop out and eliminate the things that you don't like and kind of hone in more on the ones that you do so 
as you know, as an advisor, what are common you know questions or common scenarios that students come to you about? What are um, struggles that students come to you for, and how do you address those? What do you recommend? So maybe they're struggling with finding a major, maybe they're struggling with finding a job or integrating themselves in their community and their school. Um, well, that's, that was noted. Um, I think that, you know, depending on what the student needs is where I try to find some sort of similarity with them. One of my methods with my students is I definitely try to go down to their level and try to remember, you know, what I, what it was like when I was in their shoes. I think that that's really important because oftentimes students come into my office and they look at me as authority, which yes, I do have a lot of information and resources I can provide to a student, but at the same time, I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to open up to me and be able to tell me, you know, like if they are freaking out, like, just be honest, like I was there too, you know, like I failed the class too. Like I, you know, I struggled, I did this and that, you know, um, when it comes to students that are going through, let's say college culture shock, I think that, um, you know, just telling my personal story sometimes like helps put them at ease a little bit. Like I came from a high school of like 30 graduating people, you know, like I came to this institution of like 50 plus thousand people um definitely culture culture shock i get it i was there i had no idea what anything was and you know it could be a little bit alarming so i think just that comfortability of telling somebody like i've been there i've done that i got through it you'll get through it too um and just providing the helping hand or letting them know like i'm here for you like if you need anything like literally when we're on campus you can just walk in and be like hey steph like i've had students come in and be like oh i'm here to see my friend it's like i'm your advisor but i'm also your friend i guess <laughs> um so again it's you know i try to do what i can to make a student feel like they'll have somebody in their corner because you never really know when someone is going through something in their personal life or if they do need just like somebody be like you can do it um if someone is going through like you know okay i don't really know what i want to do major wise um i kind of try to break it down to their career like what is it that you want to do what what kind of you know goal are you trying to get at let's start with big picture and then go little picture um, so if they tell me, you know, I want to be a pharmacist. Okay, cool. So let's just talk about like what requirements you need to become a pharmacist. And then let's look at what majors either give you these requirements already embedded into those programs. Or if you have an interest in something else, there's a possibility you can just do the courses you need for pharmacy school, or really any graduate program um, while you're doing something you actually love. I take a really big importance on fit. I think fit is so important. And I think sometimes there's a lot of misconceptions around certain careers that students want to do and majors that they feel like they have to do, even though they hate it. Like if they go to the chem one class and they're like, this stinks, but they're a chemistry major because they feel like they need to do that to go to, you know, whatever pre-health um, profession, like little do they know they don't have to put themselves through that you know they can do something else like they could do psychology they could do sociology they could do women's studies you know and they can still end up where they want to be so i think it's just trying to see big picture and then go to little picture um and definitely i think comfortability helps build that like repertoire with the student yeah fit is very important i think again and something that we talked about earlier a lot of people have this misconception of well going to med school or being a physician is xyz or being you know going into pre-law is xyz and it's really not and it really you know comes down to understanding from the get-go what do i have to do what prereqs do i have to take 
how do I need to get involved to really stand out as a as a strong applicant in those you know graduate applications or medical applications and whatnot. So kind of on the topic of extracurriculars and being involved, what is your tip or your tips for students getting involved, especially, you know, freshmen coming in with, you know, the whole COVID thing, they haven't been able to get on campus yet and really get a feel for clubs and organizations and make friends. How do you recommend or what do you advise for students to do in this time in terms of looking for internships, looking for ways to get involved within their school to get those leadership roles and and whatnot? For sure. So a lot of student clubs and organizations I've noticed have been doing like virtual or Zoom um, recruitment and, and events and meetings. And obviously it's not the same, but I think, you know, for students to at least put themselves out there and give it a try and not wait because realistically, we don't really know when this whole coronavirus pandemic is going to figure itself out. So, you know, time can pass. And, you know, if you really want to build your resume, you really want to build your portfolio for graduate school or professional school, you want to start early, you know, even if it's getting involved in one club. And it doesn't matter really what club it is. I tell my freshmen all the time, you know, I think that if you want to join a club that caters to your professional goals, that's great. If you want to join a club because you like it and you think it's fun, that's cool too. You know, it really does not matter because I think at the end of the day, you're still getting transferable skills that you can use in any career field simply by just getting involved in something. And you can also build your community. You can build your support system, which helps you feel like F or not FIU, but just like in general, like any school is, is your home, your second home. and it helps you feel more comfortable where you're at. Granted, obviously, Zoom is not always like the best medium for these things, but I think, you know, there's definitely clubs and organizations that are still putting, you know, a lot of really good and valuable information via Zoom to help students feel like involved in some way or another. Um, So yeah, definitely in that respect, I think getting involved is just key. Um, When it comes to internships and things like that, um, there are virtual internships. I think students get a little bit discouraged because when you're looking at certain internships that were originally mostly in person and now they're on Zoom or now they're, you know, on different mediums online, it can be like, wow, like, you know, my friend, they did this last year and they went to, you know, the, the, hospital or they went to whatever and they went to the field and they did lab work or they did whatever they needed to do but now I'm stuck doing you know this on the computer like this stinks or oh I don't think professional schools are really going to be looking at this and valuing it because I'm you know doing this online that's not true everyone is going through this whole corona pandemic everyone is dealing with these problems I think like you know if you limit yourself by saying like wow like this stinks I can't go online you're just discouraging yourself and you're harming yourself at the end of the day. Um, There are virtual opportunities out there. There's one um, website called Parker Dewey and it's for micro internships and a lot of them are virtual. A lot of them are virtual. A lot of them are paid. So, you know, you just create a login and then you can really begin applying. And if they're virtual, really, it doesn't matter where the location of the internship is and it could be anywhere. 
Um, there's a bunch of stuff because I happen to work with STEM students predominantly. So I see a lot of pre-health students and a lot of them are freaking out. Like they're like, I can't shadow. I can't do anything. And it's like, yes, you can. I promise you, you can. It's sometimes it's thinking outside the box too. Um, sometimes, you know, maybe you can't shadow this semester because hospitals are like, okay, we don't really want so many different people coming in and out and all these germs and all this stuff but you can still think of something transferable. Like, okay, let me um, either work at a hospice where I'm working with patients and you know I'm taking care of them. No, I'm not in a hospital setting, but I can still say I worked with patients or I taught someone a skill or you know i taught students online you know a lot of times students don't consider wow me teaching is is important because teaching is important anywhere like being a, a learning assistant being a teaching assistant you know even if it's working in retail all of these things give you skill sets that you can apply really to any field it's just a matter of thinking like how can I relate these skills back to what I really want to do in my professional life? Yeah, and I think kind of you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but COVID has really made way for a lot of these opportunities to happen when, you know, really otherwise it would have happened. I relate that to my podcast. I don't think that it would have, you know, kind of created itself and, and is what it is so smoothly if it wasn't for and it wasn't for these type of platforms that just allow me to get on here and talk with you whether you're 10 miles away or you know you're 50 hours away it doesn't matter so I think that you know COVID does open a lot of doors and allows people to do internships maybe they could have not paid for the flight to you know an internship in New York or an internship in another state and being online really allows uh, for that to happen and like you said those skills are still valid, whether you're doing them through the computer and you're working on them through the computer or in person. So definitely um, COVID has opened up a lot of doors for really unique experiences. There's virtual shadowing where doctors come on and you know they share their experiences. Of course, you know, you're not right there up front with the patient themselves, but they get to share really cool cases and and a Q&A and it becomes very, you know, I think even more intimate sometimes, um, which is a little bit weird to say when you're in, you know, Zoom, you would think it's the opposite of that, but I think, you know, the opportunities do foster that um, intimacy. So going off of your role as an advisor, why don't you talk about your day as an advisor? What do you typically do um, and how do you how do you help create the best guides and the best resources for students when they come, you know, knocking on your door for help? Absolutely. Um, so a day to day for me oftentimes looks a little bit different. Um, for the most part, I do see students um, 30 minute sessions and we'll talk anything from, you know, simply course recommendations, resources on campus, career um, I try to target all three if I could, but obviously in 30 minutes, sometimes it can be a little bit challenging depending on what the student's needs are. But I definitely try to see what it is that the student created this appointment for in the beginning and then kind of, you know, cater the conversation from there. Oftentimes I'll have different workshops. I'll have, um, you know, various like lectures and things that are going on. Professional development is really huge in my field. Um, just so that way I could I could develop myself as a professional and also cater to my students, provide them additional resources. 
Um, sometimes I'll deal with orientation. So we're working with various departments and collaboration. Um, so it really all depends on the day and also the time of year in which um, how my day to day really runs. Um, what was the second part of your question? I want to make sure I answered everything. What was it? Um, oh, yeah. So how do you prepare as an advisor to have these resources and have all of these things available when students come knocking on your door? So how do you kind of prepare for that? Do you look at certain websites or do you with other um, individuals in your profession and whatnot? Sure. So for me, I, I mean, I like to say I'm pretty young. So um, I do go on TikTok and I go on, you know, YouTube and all these other like Instagram and whatever. And um, I try to do research on my own apart from just resources that are provided me in professional development. So for example, um, one of the challenges that I've noticed that students have been telling me a lot of was, again, the whole pre-health situation. I can't shadow. I can't in do internships. I don't know what to do. And, you know, I don't want to not do anything. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I, you know, found out all the resources that are available to them on campus because that's what I'm supposed to do. And then I'm thinking outside of the box and I'm like, okay, what else is out there? Because I wasn't anything pre-health. I didn't even do anything in STEM. So I'm learning from everybody else. My students are teaching me. So now I have to teach myself because I have no idea what to tell these people when they're coming to me with all these problems and I want to be prepared. So I go on TikTok, I go on Instagram, I go on YouTube and I start looking up like, okay, what are students that are in the medical field what are they doing? You know, like, what is it that they're doing that's virtual that can benefit these students that are now going through the process? So I started really creating this list and I can provide it to you, um, Natalia, afterwards. And it's basically just this compiled list. And obviously it doesn't have every single thing in the world, but it does have a lot of information that I've found internships, volunteer ideas, outside of the box ideas, um, for students that are interested in going to the pre-health fields um, that they can do during this corona and even after, even afterwards. Um, I actually went to a webinar uh, on Monday about medical school in particularly, but it really is for anything pre-health or graduate school. It can go for anything. Um, but it's basically about, you know, students right now that are, you know, working, let's say, and they don't have time to do volunteer and they don't have time to do internships because you know their parents lost their job and now they're working full-time and they're trying to go to medical school they're trying to do you know the most and they can't and they were explaining how um there was a student who worked in fast food or not fast food i'm sorry they were a waitress at a restaurant and this student had very limited experience to basically show medical schools or whatever pre-health um, that, you know, she did clinical hours. She did some, but not like a lot um, because predominantly she was working. And in her personal statement, she related her experience as a waitress back to how a doctor would be with their patients. And an example she used, she was like, you know, when a, a customer comes to a restaurant, you know, they're uncomfortable, they're hungry, they're anxious, they're just kind of like, like, I'm here for service and I am not happy right now. I want to be happy, but I'm not happy right now. Because um, when you're hungry, you're hangry. Let's just be real. And she related that back to being a doctor. When a patient comes, they're uncomfortable. 
they're unhappy, they are feeling sick, they don't know what is wrong with them, and they're expecting you to provide result. They're expecting you to to come and help them and to to give them the right answers. So when a waitress comes with your food, you get this glow in your eyes, you're excited, you're like, oh, the answer is here, you know, like my food is here. Same thing with a doctor. Doctor comes in, what are you feeling? Excitement. You're like, okay, finally, I get to know what is wrong with me. And it gets fixed. And if the problem gets fixed, if your sickness gets fixed, now you're happy. So trying to find creative ways to relate your your experience, your personal experience back to your professional life is crucial. So again, for me, I think it's very important, not just fit for your major and all of those things. I think that's important. But I also think what's important is just thinking, okay, what can I do with the what's happening in the world right now? Okay, virtual. If I can't do that because I have to work and I have priorities because life is is real and, you know, I'm not going to force you to go out there and do clinical stuff when you're working full time. Okay, so let's talk about how you can relate what you're doing right now or what you've done in the past back to graduate school or back to what you want to do in the future. Yeah, that was a really great analogy. I'm sure she's going to be really great um, as a doctor or whatever she, she wants to pursue. That's awesome. But yeah, definitely being different ways to you know show your skills and connect with you know your your admissions officers and, and that audience that's really important um so we talked a lot about you know internships and and all of these crazy things but what about self-care because there's a very common thing called burnout and it's very you know extremely common um and you know, anyone can, can experience it really freshman. And I think especially now everyone's trying to do a lot of things. And when you're online, it's kind of hard to separate your home or like your, your personal space from your workspace. Cause sometimes you're working, you know, from your desk, that's like two feet away from your bed. Sometimes you even, you know, say screw it. I'm doing, you know, school or work in my bed. So I think burnout, I, I would assume is even more common now because there's so many different things going on work and I need to find opportunities and I need to stay on top of my academics. So how do you, you know, what do you recommend to students that go to you and say, look, Steph, I'm really stressed and I don't know what to do. And, um, and I need help to kind of separate my work life and my academic life from my personal life and take time for myself. I think what's important for students and just anybody really for burnout to try to do is, and this has worked for me because I also experienced burnout, especially in the beginning of coronavirus when my whole like life was just turned upside down, like I'm sure most people. Um, I think it's what's worked was creating a list of like priorities in my life, like, okay, work, um, sleep, um, eating, like, what is it that's going to keep me going? Um, and obviously what I have to do, right? And then getting literally a calendar and putting in by block until, you know, I remember myself putting in by block when to eat, when to, you know, work out, you know, for an hour, when to, you know, read or have, you know, leisure time or work, what hours. I think like, it's all about training your brain in a way because you know a lot of times uh, this has happened to me people go through this burnout and they're just like i can't do anything anymore and then they drop everything and they just kind of sit there and like self-loathe and really nothing is getting accomplished by this but you're just feeling worse about yourself um so 
we don't want that. So what I think that you should definitely try doing if you're experiencing any form of burnout is one, literally come up with this like list of things you're up to, what you're doing, what you want to do. Um, and what you think you should be doing. So sleep, eat, you know, those kinds of things. Put it on a calendar and literally remember, you know, like after doing it over and over and over, eventually you're gonna start saying, okay, 5 p.m., okay, I'm off the clock. For me professionally, one of my biggest, biggest, biggest um, bad habits was having my emails on my phone. I still have it, um, but it was something that was really, really bad because I got into this habit of waking up, first thing I did, look at my, my emails. After work, if I got an email from anybody, I'm like on it. It's like I never turn my brain off from work. Um, and then one day I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore because I'm literally driving myself crazy. And I turned off my emails. And after that, I just felt so relieved. I was like, wow, this is insane. And now I'm able to turn on my emails and mentally tell myself, okay, I'm not answering emails after 5 p.m. and before 8.30 because this is when I'm getting paid. Um, and you know, no one's life is gonna go into jeopardy because I don't answer their email after 5 p.m. Like it's not that serious. And if it is that serious, I promise I'll get to it because I read it, you know, like I'm, I'm reading your emails. Um, and I think for students, a lot of it has to do with, you know, procrastination. Um, I was there, so I get it. Like procrastination saying like, oh, I got time for that. You know, I'll do that essay like on Friday and it's due Saturday or I have this due and like due at this point, I could just do it then. Um, I think procrastination is really, really hard. Um, and some people are like, I can do an essay an hour before and I got an A, so ha. Huh. And I think like, yeah, that works for some people. You know, some people work great under stress. I'm one of those people I love working under stress because I'm like, wow, I'm getting so much done. But at the same time, you're like wasting so much energy on a task that could have easily been done like little by little throughout the week. So I think like this whole calendar idea has helped me. I think it helps a lot of people because you start realizing really quickly how many hours in a day you really do have and fitting in all this stuff is, it's a lot. Um, but you also get to realize how little time you actually prioritize to yourself when you start bumping in everything in one calendar and you're just like, oh my God, like what the hell am I doing? Um, so yeah, you know, taking a breather, giving yourself a day not to do anything, no chores, no nothing, just sitting there and vegetating and watching, you know, Netflix or The Bachelorette or whatever it is. I think that that is so important for people and they don't realize how important it is because they're so busy with the day in and day out. Um, but that's literally how you get into the spiral. Yeah, self-care and, and taking time for yourself, like you mentioned, I think is necessary because you get to a point where you can't even perform mundane tasks because you're just literally so burnt out. So it's definitely important. I know a lot of friends, just Saturdays are for them. They do whatever they want and they don't open their laptop. They don't do anything school related. So I think that's definitely doable. I, I, I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, but I, I can't do that. I think you know, if you kind of manage your time, maybe a little bit better, maybe wake up a few hours earlier on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or, you know, choose a few days to wake up earlier, get some stuff done so that you do have that Saturday to just relax and not do anything. I think in the long run is really, really going to help. So yeah, those are some really great tips. I think we covered a lot of um, important topics and very useful ones at that. I don't know, Stephanie, if you have any last minute tips or words that you want to say to everyone. 
I think for students in particular, um, it's learning your study habits. Um, I think when we're in high school, and this is thinking back in high school, I thought I can just get by by doing the bare minimum. And I think a lot of times students go into college and they think that that is gonna fly. And for some people it might, and for some people it's not. Um, as a matter of fact, my first semester, I started in the summer um, and I had like a 3.8 by the time the summer ended. And I was like, this is great. I'm like straight A student, wow. Um, fall comes around and I'm thinking back into my high school mentality. Like I can just do the bare minimum. And the thing with college too, that, you know, high school students don't sometimes realize is that there's a lot of self-responsibility that comes with high school. I mean, in college rather. And you pick your own schedule. You can decide if you want to go to class or not. The teacher isn't going to be on top of you for the most part, you know, and, you know, you really do have a lot of freedom and with freedom comes great responsibility. So my fall semester, I didn't go to class like at all. And I failed two classes. So financial aid is a huge thing. And I think some students might take that for granted. I know I did. I took it for granted and I was like, oh, like my classes are free. And it's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. They're not free. You think they are because financial aid is paying it, but no, they're not. And if you have prepaid or you have those other like loans and stuff, that's definitely not free for somebody. Um, so I lost my scholarship. I ended up getting it back, but I lost my scholarship and I was petrified because I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to pay for school now? Because I know damn well, I don't have that money. Um, and my GPA dropped from that 3.8 to like a 2.5 in like two seconds. And I was shell-shocked. I was so like in shock. And I think, again, it goes back to students understanding that college is not like high school. College culture shock is real for some people and that's okay. And to really figure out your your schedule obviously but also figure out your study habits like i've learned that i study best in the mornings if i wake up at 4 a.m and i study until like 6 i'm perfect if i stay awake at night and do it i'm distracted because everyone's awake and i'm on my phone and i'm on instagram and i'm on you know talking to fulanita and all this stuff and i'm not paying attention so definitely, you know, prioritize you, prioritize yourself and also, you know, learn, really like take that first year, that freshman year to really like do a lot of self, soul searching and self-discovery because you're going to realize really quickly that college is all about that for like all of those four years that you're in college. But that first year, I think, is just that much more pivotal because you're going through so many transitional periods. And it's okay to feel overwhelmed, but just know and understand that there are people out here who are trying to help you. A lot of first gens, I'm a first generation student. My parents didn't go to college. They have no idea what's going on. I'm the eldest in my family. So like, you think my brother knows? No. Um, so, I mean, I was all sorts of lost. and. I mean, I think a lot of the reason why I became an academic advisor was because I had an amazing academic advisor and she really did guide me through like my entire college career because I had no idea about anything. I had my parents had no idea about anything. They had no idea how to fill out a FAFSA form, you know, and I think, again, it's going out there and asking those questions and it's OK to ask those questions. I was scared to ask those questions sometimes in my profession I was so afraid to like ask for help and ask for yes for things. But 
like don't be afraid of doing that because there's always going to be someone that's going to be there to give you a helping hand you just have to go out and look for it yeah and i think what you mentioned about like not going to class and stuff is even more true during covid in the pre-recorded lecture world where you don't have to wake up for your class or you don't have to show up and i think that you know that can get to students a lot because you say wait you know i don't want to show up today i'll just watch it and then you say that again and again and then you have like 10 hours of lectures piled up and an exam in a few days and that becomes you know a little bit hard to juggle so definitely important to emphasize that uh during this you know pre-recorded um stage and also what you mentioned about you know searching for those people to guide you whether it be an academic advisor or or someone else because you know obviously the role of an academic advisor is to help you but maybe you don't get along with your academic advisor maybe they're not you know they can't guide you the way that you want to be guided there's so many other people that can help you maybe even an older friend maybe you have a neighbor that graduated from college a few years ago and I think that that just comes down to the student and how bad you want that help because like you mentioned Steph there's definitely help out there again whether it be a neighbor or whether it be another advisor maybe it's one that you're not assigned to or that your friend said look I really like my advisor maybe you should look into her or him and you will definitely find help. There's so many people that are willing um, to help you. So that's definitely super important. Don't just say, oh, I'm screwed because, you know, I don't get along with my advisor and now I don't know what to do. There's there's a lot of other options that you can take. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Well, I think we covered, again, like I mentioned, a lot of great things, a very candid and open conversation about some really important topics. And I think that will be all. You have no last words, Stephanie. No, I'm just wishing everybody really good luck with their journey. Um, I'm stoked to to hear about Natalia's journey. So, you know, I, I've been working with her and I think she's phenomenal and wonderful and she's going to be great in her future. And I am stoked to, to know that I had even a little bit of impact or, or helped anybody that listens to this podcast at all, um, you know, definitely feel free to reach out to those resources and, and that support system. It's so important. Um, but yeah, I wish everyone really good luck, especially during these unprecedented times. Um, but yeah, it was, it's been great. So thank you again, Natalia, for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and thank you to everyone for listening. I will have all of the, uh, resources that Stephanie mentioned in the Google doc. Um, but without that, I hope everyone has a great weekend and I'll see you all next weekend for another episode. Bye.